When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, everybody, and welcome to our Friday roundtable edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. It's Mary Kay, Doug, Scott, Ellis, and me, and we are going to do a power rankings draft. So we're going to start at the top, and we're going to power rank all 32 teams in the NFL and place the Browns where they belong. So uh, give that a listen here coming up. I always like to tell you about Football Insider. Of course, we get an exclusive newsletter delivered to your inbox every day. You get access to those exclusive stories on cleveland.com slash browns, and, of course, you can be a part of of our texting service where we'll text you with news analysis all that good stuff so power rankings edition of our friday roundtable coming up on the orange brown talk podcast here's what's going to happen i'm going to make you a bet and if the colts finish with a better record than the browns i will hang a poster in my house that says i love carson wentz and it can be like a shot of him like out leaning against a fence shirtless with a deer over his shoulder a dead bloody deer and here we go doing our power rankings we are going to start at the top go one through 32 in our typical round table fantasy draft style we've got doug picking number one mary Kay picking number two i'll go third scott will go fourth and ellis will go fifth so let's get right to it doug who is the number one team in the nfl always curious to see if we're in agreement on number one I like this team more now than I did a year ago. I did not believe in them a year ago. And that means I'm not picking Kansas city. Number one, I'm putting Tampa number one, because they brought everybody back. And I think like Brady in year two with everybody with getting more familiar with his weapons. And I, I just, I don't know that they got any better, but I don't think they got any worse. And I think, you know, they're running it back. And I, I think they might run it back. I think they'll have a better or they're 11 and five. Last year, I think they might, the, especially like New Orleans, Drew Brees has gone, stuff like that. I just, I think they'll win more games in the regular season than they did a year ago. So I was, I'm pretty convinced with them as my number one. Let, let's do this. Who didn't have Tampa number one? I, I did not have Tampa number one. You didn't have Tampa number one, Ellis? Okay. When we look, and, and it's crazy, uh, I'm now <laughs> knocking Tom Brady on this podcast. Did you I'm take your post? <laughs> is the poster off the wall, Ellis? What happened? Did the poster fall off the wall? Oh, no, we have two posters now. We've got one of Tom Brady in a Patriots jersey and now one with him and Gronk holding Lombardi in Tampa Bay. No worries there, y'all. Where I'm coming from with this Tampa Bay thing is when you look back on the year Tampa had and really that playoff run, and look, I get it. It's football. It's a game of bounces, and some more luck is in this game than we all want to admit, right? But there are some playoff – those playoff games, we're talking a poor performance at quarterback from the Saints. We're talking – uh, some uncharacteristic turnovers from Aaron Rodgers at Lambeau that then put Tampa in the Super Bowl, and they just dismantled the Chiefs, right? I think this Super Bowl loss for the Chiefs completely humbles a team that, quite frankly, just got by on their talent. I didn't see any second-half half adjustments from the Chiefs in that game. They were one-dimensional, 
and now have the ability to look at themselves in a wholesome light and let their talent continue to speak for itself while getting back to being a more disciplined football team in terms of how they're going to execute their offense. And I think their defense will continue to be what it is when it comes to postseason football. You can't argue the talent of the big three that is Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and Tyreek Hill. We're splitting hairs here, but I think that the Chiefs are just on a tear next year. We're not talking close losses. We're, we're not talking they win seven games by a, a, a touchdown or less. They're going to be on fire and I think run right through the AFC and to the Super Bowl, which is the reason I have them number one. Who are their tackles? I think that's yeah, the big yeah. question here. I mean, that was obviously their downfall in the Super Bowl, and they haven't addressed that. So as we do this ranking right now, I think you still have to put the Buccaneers ahead of the Chiefs because the Buccaneers have the same group coming back. If the Chiefs don't even have the injured guys who they didn't have in the Super Bowl, so it's I think that's still something that needs to be solved. Maybe maybe after the draft, maybe the time by the time the season kicks off, we're looking at the Chiefs and like, all right, they addressed it. They got better there and that's a matchup they win, but I, I don't know. It hasn't yeah, happened. They got one of the best guards in the, on the market in really in football and Joe Tooney, of course, but that is not a tackle. So I didn't answer your question. You know, I, I think the reason why I did put Tampa ahead of the chiefs is because, I mean, they did keep the band back together and, and it wasn't easy. I mean, these guys had to really be very, very creative with the cap, but they got Shaq Barrett back. They got Levante David back. They're leaders on defense. They kept Gronk. I mean, they did what they had to do uh, to keep these guys together. And, you know, it just seems like Tom Brady is rejuvenated. He has shaved like 10 years off of his life. I I just think he's having a blast. I think Bruce Arians is also, uh, you know, drinking from the fountain of youth now as well. Uh, I I, I just think they're, uh, they're on a roll. I think they're going to keep it going. The newly tatted Bruce Arians. I don't know if y'all saw that. Yep. I, I, think we, I think we frame this discussion so much with Tom Brady and that offense, but the reality is second straight year, Tampa had the fifth best defense in terms of DVOA. They have a great defensive coordinator in Todd Bowles. He should have, he should have been a head coach this off season. If they go to the Super Bowl again, he might get left out in the cold again. Who knows? It's that defense. They're so young. They're so fast the way they play. I, I think that's actually where it starts for me. And then you've got, all those weapons with another year with Tom Brady. Okay, Mary Kay. So I, I'm now I'm curious if we all have one and two the same here. It may be in different orders uh, with with Ellis, but Mary Kay, who do you have at number two? You know, I did go with Kansas City at number two. Uh, I you know I just think for all the reasons that that Ellis mentioned, and for all the reasons that we all know about the Kansas City Chiefs, they are what they are. Patrick is who he is, and they obviously still have. Uh, you know, Travis and Tyreek and, and all of those guys. I, I think they, I actually think they probably should try to run the ball a little bit more, but for the most part, I think they'll just be right exactly where they were. Yeah. And I think, I think this is a team that's going to address tackle in the draft um, with this being comparably deep tackle class as the Browns were in last year when they were in that market. But what's interesting about this class when you're comparing the two is the positions around the the tackles. There's a chance four quarterbacks go in the first four picks, perhaps five. I mean, it's really getting that out of control. So the Chiefs are in a spot where some of these tackles that are 
being rated as well as the Makai Becktons and Tristan Wirfs, who was a stud in Tampa in year one, of course, Jedrick Wills. Those guys are also, it sounds like, in this class, but going to be available a lot later than they were a year ago, which helps the Chiefs, of course. I also, I mean, sort of what Ellis is talking about. I mean, I have Kansas City second also. I mean, if Ellis, if part of the distinction here is like angry Chiefs, fat and happy Tampa, you know, I think that we've seen enough proof of that in NFL history. You know, they're down throwing the, the Tampa's throwing the boat parade and throwing the trophy around. And Kansas City's like, man, what happened to our season? So obviously I think Kansas City at two makes a lot of sense. But if that's part of your rationale, Ellis, for why put you put Kansas City number one, I think including that line of thinking does make sense. Yeah, they've been humbled. I, I just think they've been humbled. That that that's simple. You're, you're, you go from a passive Chiefs team, which I think we saw last year, a board team, to an angry one. That's exactly it, Doug. It's really hard to repeat in the NFL. It's probably the hardest thing right now to do in team sports is to repeat a Super Bowl champ. It just doesn't happen. I Since also Tom Brady. Yeah, Tom, Tom Brady's the last one to do it. And, and yeah, those I, I also think it's hard. Days. I think it's hard to get back to the Super Bowl over and over and over again. That season gets so long. I think that that wears teams out a little bit. I'm on the clock here at number three, and there's so many different ways that I could go here. I think I'm going to go ahead. You know what? I don't want to be boring. I I want to change things up just a little bit. So I'm actually going to take a team that might be a little bit of a surprise, but I really like them. I think they're a good football team. The Browns kind of rated them a little bit this offseason, but I actually really like the L.A. Rams. I think this is a team with Matthew Stafford now and Sean McVay. They went out and they got a guy they wanted at quarterback that Sean McVay wants at quarterback. They still have really good defensive players. You know, they lost John Johnson, obviously. They lost their slot corner in Troy Hill. They've still got really good defensive players. So I'm going to actually take it. I'm actually going to jump a team up my board just to not be boring here because the team I had at third is just boring. It's probably who everybody else would have had at third in this situation. So I'm going to take the LA Rams here at three. And ask you guys, is that too high? Is there, am I making a legitimate case for the Rams at number three? I have the Rams fourth and I buy your case. When you said you had a team in mind that was interesting and maybe a little higher than some people had. Almost went there. It's like, okay, well, I can think of a team that would fit that qualification, Dan. But I think, you know, Matthew Stafford over Jared Goff and that guy at the end of the year that they thought was better than Jared Goff, like is a huge upgrade. And we have seen it enough times. Ryan Tannehill in for Marcus Mariota, right? Did it just, you switch that out. You have a lot of other things in place and all of a sudden you're ready to go. And I think they're ready to go. So I think the Rams in the top five is a, is a sure thing. And I, I'm all on board with the Rams at three. I had the Rams at, uh, at number four. I, I really like this team, really like that defense, obviously. Uh, you know, they brought Leonard Floyd back. That was huge. I mean, anytime you've got, uh, all those guys that can that can get after it like that with with Aaron Donald Leonard Floyd, I love Matthew Stafford. I've always liked him a lot. I can't wait to see what he's going to do in this offense with Sean McVay. I mean, it, it's it's going to be really really exciting to watch. So yeah, looking forward to this one. This is all keying on how Matthew Stafford plays. What if it doesn't work? We don't know. We haven't seen Matthew Stafford playing with Sean McVay before. I I had him seventh. I they're going to be good. They're going to be a playoff team. Uh, but I had quite a few teams ranked ahead of them. And I don't think, I mean, we, we spent the last few weeks talking about how great of a signing it was with John Johnson and, and Troy Hill coming here. Obviously those, those are big losses for the Rams. So I, I don't know. I, this is high for me. 
Yeah, my heart rate tends to slow when me and Scott agree on something on this podcast, and that is this exact issue with the Rams. I have them seventh, and it's for those two reasons Scott just laid out. I don't want to say we don't know about Matt Stafford yet. We know what he is as an individual talent, but simply put, obviously, we have not seen him in that offense yet. We just have not seen it. Uh, Dan, I've heard you say this on this podcast and mentioned Kevin Clark's theory, perhaps reporters long before Kevin Clark have said it, but we tend to be a year early on teams with Matthew Stafford joining the Rams, the Rams losing both those defensive backs and John Johnson, Troy Hill and losing their defensive coordinator who either way you cut it unlocked a new level of eliteness in his combination of Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey and made that the number one defense in football. That's a lot to replace in one off season. If Matthew Safford is a complete problem solver, then they will succeed in that. But I'm not sure if they are a step better because of what they've lost also. So I think they fall in six at six. They're going to be in the mix, but I, I see why they're here too. The upside uh, is exciting with Matthew Stafford and Sean McVay teaming up. I get the, the defensive thing. I think you know, the Ram, the Browns just took a couple of better defenders that I buy the idea that like, uh, we don't know about Matthew Stafford is much better than Jared Goff. And they were pretty good with Jared Goff. They went to the Super Bowl with Jared Goff. I, I don't, the idea that, like, well, we don't know about Matt Stafford. We know a ton about Matt Stafford. Do we really think that, like, and, I, and, and again, you know, Brady, Brady stepped right in in Tampa for Jameis Winston. The idea of, like, you have a, a young quarterback who you think is okay and then turns out not to be good enough, and then you just slam a veteran right in his spot and roll, that works. That works. I have zero hesitation on Stafford. If you want to question did their defense get worse because the Browns rated them, that I'm here for, but I think six or seven is too low given what they have. And you do still have the best defensive lineman in football and the best cornerback in football mm-hmm. on that defense. So you, you can still do some things with that defense. And look, this is it for the Rams. There, there's no next year for this team. I mean, it's Super Bowl or bust every year for this football team moving forward. They, the last two years have been a disappointment because they did not win the Super Bowl. So I, I think those expectations are there. Uh, for the Rams. Okay. So we are up to Scott now picking fourth. And I was really expecting to have a different conversation here at the fourth pick than, uh, than I'm going to have, but uh, I guess I'll be the one to do the boring pick as Dan called it. And I'll take the Packers here um, back to back 13 win seasons, but two, two conference title games in a row, I believe too. They didn't really lose anybody of note. I know Christian Kirksey's gone, but um, they kept their running back, which is important. And you still got Aaron Rodgers. The Packers are going to be good. They're they're going to be a top five team again, I think, and definitely in my top five. Yep, yeah. I had the pack. I had the Packers third. Uh, this is a situation where you got a lot of the same pieces returning. Might be their last run at this with Aaron Rodgers' beautiful mystery of a future, as he likes putting it. And I think a huge part of this is just where is that threat in the NFC North coming from? Uh, Everyone laughed at Chicago signing Andy Dalton. Detroit's a mess, and I'd rather not talk about Minnesota till I have to. So they're going to be fine in that division. Those wins are going to come uh, at a surplus as they continue to feed on what is uh, becoming a weak NFC North team, uh, division. They didn't get better, right? They didn't get better. They fired their defensive coordinator. Aaron Rodgers is ticked. At least he was ticked at the end of the year. He's hosting Family Feud right now. He might be going into the game show business. Uh, so, I think Aaron Rodgers is always just perpetually ticked off 
<laughs> because they don't draft any any players to help him on offense and draft his backup six years early. Yeah, I'd be ticked off too. They didn't get better. And I think there are other teams in the top five, top eight who did get better. And as much as people talked about last year, the Brown schedule, the Packers played a lousy schedule last year and were propped up a lot as well. And they didn't get better. So I don't know. It's like, what are we doing with, with power rankings? Again, we do talk about semantics a lot on this podcast when we do power rankings. Well, what do we mean by ranking? What are, are we just ranking who's going to have the best record or like who's going to be the best team or who's going to go the farthest in the playoffs? Like their division stinks. Uh, that's not compelling to me. All right, their division stinks. Are they going to do anything? They might have 12 soft wins. And then uh, are they going to win the Super Bowl? So I have them sixth, which is not much below this. But I just think they maybe they didn't get worse. They didn't get better. And I think there are other teams around them who did. The Packers had the lowest, the worst strength of schedule of all 12 teams that made the playoffs. We talked about it a decent amount with the Browns. because We cover the Browns. But, like, that's a reality for them. So I also think that, what were they, 13-3 and three last year? That's a, It was a little yeah. bit of a soft 13-3. and three. And I'm not so sure it's not going to be a 10-6, and six, even if that division isn't great. I should say 14 teams that made the playoffs. I almost, I was going to take the Packers third. Like I said, uh, I, I felt like that would be the boring pick. And I guess part of it is like, okay, so we all think Tampa, Kansas City, and Green Bay might be the best three teams in football, but that's based on last year. And I think we know something's going to happen. Some sort of shakeup it's gonna, is going to happen. It might be the Cleveland Browns jumping up. It might be somebody else jumping up. It might be somebody taking a step back, maybe not being as good as they were last year. You know, maybe that is the Rams. Maybe that is the Packers, whatever. It, it's just it's not going to play out the exact way it did last year. And, and so I th- that's sort of why I tried to shake it up a little bit there, but there we go. All right. Uh, so we are up to Ellis at number five. At number five, Doug's going to love this pick. Give me the Indianapolis Colts. <laughs> yep. This is both a belief in Carson Wentz getting back to top 15, 20 production. I'm not going to sit here and say MVP like you hear at some places. I think that's ridiculous. They don't need him to be that. They need him to make plays on third down, be an athlete, and just go where the the easy completion is because this team can win by running the football. I think they have a loaded defense. They brought back a lot of really their entire core. T.Y. Hilton coming back. Xavier Rhodes, a corner, used to be in Minnesota coming back. Uh, their offensive line remains strong. Uh, I think they play a style of defense that the Browns want to play in the fact that they consistently get pressure with four. I'm wondering what they're going to do about Justin Houston. They still need to figure that out. They were quiet in free agency, mostly because they didn't need to make a lot of moves. They continue to be pretty consistent at the draft. I, I have to believe in the infrastructure there that they'll continue to hit at least on, you know, two thirds of their picks. They had a a safety a year ago as a rookie become a real impact player for him, for them. And I don't see why that stops This, again, this is an infrastructure pick with an, I believe that Carson Wentz looks more like a 2019 Carson Wentz than what we saw a year ago. And I think that this is a team also that has a running back that not enough people are, are paying attention to. I think he has some different traits and when you can take Carson Wentz out of a situation where he feels like he has to be a hero and do everything like he 
did this past year in Philly and gave him a run game, which they refused to do in Philly as well. I think you see a well-oiled machine in Indianapolis uh, a cruise to uh, an AFC divisional round or championship game. Go ahead, Doug. Do you have a Carson Wentz poster? Do you have a Carson Wentz poster? Here's what's going to happen. I'm going to make you a bet. And if the Colts finish with a better record than the Browns, I will hang a poster in my house that says, I love Carson Wentz. And it can be like a shot of him, like out leaning against a fence, shirtless with a deer over his shoulder, a dead, bloody deer. Can it be a banner outside your front door? Yeah, no, I'll, I'll wear a t-shirt. And if the Browns finish with a better record than the Colts, you have to put up a poster in your house that says Carson Wentz sucks. Will you make that bet? Let's do a live right. deal. We got All a right. deal. <laughs> so I think the Colts have a lot of good things with, uh, I have them 11th and I'll tell you what the 10 teams I have above the Colts all have a better quarterback than Carson Wentz. So good luck betting that the Colts are the fifth best team in football on that guy. All right. I get it. Defense is good. Jonathan Taylor's good. Offensive line. Good. I get it. Chris, they didn't do anything. They didn't do anything else from free agency. They're quiet. So they're the same. All they did was lose the guy who apparently is the heart and soul of their defense to the Browns. Darius Leonard is still crying in his breakfast over Anthony Walker leaving the team. So, okay, I guess. But if quarterback matters, I am not betting on Carson Wentz. Not this high. Five, I think, is quite a bit high. Do you think Carson Wentz is out of this league in a couple years? Like, like where do you is he a backup like that's where you probably land on him I, I, I'm just I'm curious you're because you're so far one way on this I don't know I just like saying he sucks I do think <laughs> that it's I mean like if you're telling me like he was an issue in Philadelphia right now the coach got fired and they got rid of the quarterback and they revamped everything people think the GM didn't do a good job he didn't play well and he also was a problem so it's easy to say like oh it's just the situation he'll be nice now I'm skeptical I think he just might be a guy who is like not your guy and, and maybe I'll be wrong. And I don't know that he'll be out of the league, but I don't think he's a top 10 quarterback. And to me, if you're saying the Colts are one of the five best teams in the league, they need him to be a top 10 quarterback. If they're going to be that good. So what we're saying here is that right, the Colts last season with Phillip rivers was 10th or 11th. If you're going by records, best team in the, in the NFL and you're switching him out for Carson Wentz and that would be the reason that they make that jump. I think they were like 10th in total team DVOA last season. So that's basically what it comes down to. How much belief do you have in Carson Wentz? Obviously Doug doesn't, Ellis does, but I think that's a huge part of this. Do you think he's the answer that Philip Rivers wasn't? Um, now, the other thing um, to remember here, and I've said this before on, on this pod, and that is everybody thought Baker Mayfield sucked last year. I mean, everyone thought, not, not in 2020. People thought Baker was finished already in 2019. And so I don't know if Carson Wentz is going to come back and be what he was under Frank Reich in Philadelphia. But I think at least he has a chance. At least he has a chance. I personally would like to see him succeed because I liked him coming out in that draft. And I did not like the trade that Sashi Brown made. And we've talked about that ad nauseum on this pod. I, I, I just didn't, I didn't think that that was the right way to go at that time. 
I'm, I'm invested in this a little bit because of that. Doug's invested in the other way because of that probably. But yeah, so I would like to see him, him rebound. I think it's good for the league when quarterbacks succeed. I think it'd be, you know, it, it's good. It'd be obviously good for the Colts, good for the division, whatever. It all obviously depends on that, on what Frank and Carson can do together. And I think one of the big things for him is going to be the psychological aspect of it. I mean, he is just coming off a season where he was horrible. I mean, absolutely horrible. And I mean, it was like you couldn't even imagine that he was going to be able to make good decisions and not just do the things that he did. But he didn't have a lot of talent. He didn't have a lot of protection around him last year. And I think that matters. I think we sometimes evaluate a quarterback in a vacuum and they're never in a vacuum. Now, some of them can go in and make everybody around them better. Some of them need to have a good supporting cast. He's got a good supporting cast here. I think he will rebound and I think he will do a lot better. Having said that, I had them all the way down at 13 because I just don't know yet. I would like to see him succeed, but I just don't. I'm not believing it yet after what I saw with him last year. That was tremendous. That was a Carson Wentz defense. And then, oh, by the way, 13. <laughs> I, d- I divided uh, to, to kind of set this up because I'm so bad at like ordering power rankings and I forget about teams. I, I divided up into like contenders and fringe teams and, and middle of the road teams. And I had, I had Indianapolis somewhere kind of in that fringe and middle of the road team. I think they have, that was a good football team last year, but because of Carson Wentz, I just, can't look at them in the vacuum of what they're going to do alone. I just can't say that they're going to be better than Buffalo or the Browns or the Ravens or, you know, even the dolphins or some other teams that I have on my list ahead of them. It's hard for me to say that. Now, the point of these power rankings is we're projecting. So obviously LSU are projecting them to be better than those teams. And, you know, we'll see, maybe you'll be right on this, but I just can't sit here and say without knowing exactly what Carson Wentz is going to be that, that they're better than a handful of teams, including the Browns. Yeah, Doug, what's our spinoff pod called? Got to feel the emotions, right? Yes, sir. Mary Kay, I'm so (laughs) glad you brought up the emotional side of this, right? Because I think it is really the number one thing that went wrong with Carson Wentz in Philadelphia. The quarterbacks need to be propped up. They need to be supported. They need to feel loved. They need to feel believed in. That stopped the moment they took Jalen Hurts. Now, if the pushback is, oh, what, you can't handle a little competition – Sure. I understand that the psyche of Carson Wentz clearly appears fragile and likely is, but he's going to a situation where he will be protected, where they will put those walls up, where they will say, we believe in you. We support you. Here's a running game. You don't need to be Superman. Let's go out and win football games. I think that simplistic mindset is exactly what Kevin Stefanski brought to Cleveland. And we saw what it did for Baker Mayfield. And when it comes to, you guys know, I'm a traits person at this quarterback position there are just traits to Carson Wentz that you don't find at that spot starting with his size and when you can just simplify the game and then emotionally calm your quarterback down I think you're going to see a completely different signal caller for Indianapolis compared to what we saw last year in Philadelphia all right, all right let, let's let's keep going here Doug who do you have at number six so I think feel like maybe if we weren't a podcast that covered this team, they would have been picked by now. I think we're trying to be unbiased and whatever, which is fine. I get it. I have no doubt. I have no doubt that the Browns are one of the best five teams in the NFL. 
They didn't lose anything that mattered. They added stuff that was important. They're going to be better because the coach and the quarterback are better are together in year two. And the quarterbacks never had that before. Their best receiver is going to be back. They might add Jadavian Clowney. Like I just, I don't know. I feel like people haven't picked the Browns yet because we're just, we're trying to avoid them. I had them third on my list and I'm taking the Browns at six. And honestly, like some of the teams are thinking, I think they're definitely better than the Packers. I think they're definitely better than the Colts. The Rams out here, and there's another team that hasn't been picked yet that I would expect a lot of people to have ahead of the Browns. And I, I can hear the argument. Browns in top five is no brainer to me. So I'll, I'll take him at six for sure. Okay. So now I want to know where everybody had the Browns. I had them fourth, actually. And I kind of had them in that mix with Buffalo and Baltimore and the Rams. So I kind of had them in that, in that range. I almost took them third. But I decided to go a different direction. Scott, where'd you have the Browns? I had the Browns fourth, right behind the Packers. It was like the Browns, Ravens, and Bills. I just had them in a jumble, and I just put the Browns ahead of them. I know they haven't beaten the Ravens. And I know they didn't get to play the Bills, but I just, I don't know. We're ranking things, so I put them fourth. <laughs> Mary Kay, where'd you have them? Oh, I had them seventh. I, I oh. had them seventh. I think that they've got some things to prove this year. I think they have a tougher schedule. I think they've got to go on the road and, and they've got to play Kansas. That's on the road, right? Kansas city and, the, yep. and, and green Bay. Now they have to play the Cardinals. I think that's going to be a tough out. Joe Burrow is going to be back. That's not going to be easy with him in his second season. I think they've gotten better. They still have to beat the, the Ravens. I, uh, I just, I had them seventh. I, I feel like, just some of the things that happened last year lead me to believe uh, that they still have to really pick it up a notch. And I think they will. I think they will pick it up a notch, but I think they have to. And what I mean by that is, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers don't rest their starters in the season finale. Browns might not even make the playoffs. You know, they had a lot, they had some things that, that really had to go right for them last year to get where they got to. And I just think that, uh, I mean, they did get better. They got better. I don't think it was the off season of the century. I mean, they got a really nice, nice piece in John Johnson, the third. And I think that's phenomenal, but as of right now, I don't necessarily think that they got a million times better with their off season moves. They didn't need to, they didn't need to go out and add six new starters. I think just by virtue of some of the guys that are coming back, they will be better too. greedy grant, Andrew Billings. But they need, they need to pick it up a notch all across the board. I think they will, but I don't know. I just had them seventh. Here's the thing, though. They kind of did add six new starters. If you factor in Greedy and Grant Delpit and, and the people they've added, at least on defense, they almost beat the Ravens last season with a defense that really wasn't good. And so from that respect, they did get better. And if we're ranking teams – if this is a power ranking, we're ranking teams on how good they are. And I don't know if I'm not factoring in strength of schedule with this, because if you're good, you're good. And if you're, if you play good teams and you lose some of those games, that doesn't mean you're a bad team. I think the Browns are, are going to be good and whether they end up 10 and seven next season or still getting used to how these records could turn out. But 
uh, you know, if they don't even equal 11 wins, it doesn't mean they're a worse team than they were last season. I think second season of Stefanski's offense is going to be better. I mean, I look at the Ravens and I look at the Bills and I, I don't see any real separation there when it comes to the Browns. So I think they're as good as anybody. Ellis, where did you have the Browns before we keep going here? Yeah, I had them eighth for a lot of the reasons Mary Kay laid out. I know that this is, again, a power ranking, but I think it's worth mentioning that if you pull up Vegas Super Bowl odds, they've got the Browns all the way down at 13th with teams like the Cardinals and the Patriots even ahead of them. I don't agree with that, but I think it is important to keep in mind with that, again, we haven't brought up, we haven't ranked the Ravens or the Bills yet. And this is a team that still needs to prove that Odell Beckham Jr. can be the type of receiver that I continue to think he can be in this offense. This is a team that needs to prove it can generate a pass rush and not become a Tennessee Titans light where you have a, you're, you're paying this money in the secondary and you're actually not getting after the quarterback. Those are the two concerns I still have. And for that reason, they're eighth because I think, again, we haven't ranked them yet, but we keep talking about them. The Ravens and the Bills have already proved it and have more pieces solidified and just an overall more explosive offense. Whether we're talking receiver, quarterback, those two offenses I'm much more scared of than what Cleveland has currently. The futures that I'm looking at has them eighth not 13. Okay. I'm looking at action network. I don't think 13th is, is a consensus. I'm looking at a, at a consensus thing. I wrote about this football outsiders had a stat of games lost basically. And it was like the type of player that was lost and how long of the 13 teams that had winning records last year, the Browns lost the most games to COVID and injury than anybody else with the winning record. I think that gets overlooked. I don't think we talk about that enough. I mean, you, you take Odell out, you take out Chubb, you take out, a couple games of miles. You take out some of the opt-outs they had. Like I just take out Grant Delpit. It's like, I don't think people realize how much, how hurt these guys were. And we talk a lot about that. Their schedule was easy. And we don't talk about that. They dealt with a lot of stuff. And yeah, the Steelers had to rest their starters at the end. But if the Browns didn't have their whole receiver room knocked out by COVID, they wouldn't have lost to the Jets. So like we can, you know, they, they made the playoffs. They won a playoff game. And I think we're like asking where it's because we know them so well. And I do think if you are a good reporter that covers your team, you see your, the team's flaws inside and out, you know, what's not perfect because you know, your team so well. And everybody on this podcast knows the Browns inside and out. And I get that. And I respect that, but we don't know all the flaws of some of these other teams. And so the idea that the Browns have to prove this or prove that, like everybody's got to prove something. And I just think, I just think, they didn't lose stuff. They got a lot better. They were really injured last year. They did all that with the first-year coach. They had the best first-year coach who's only going to be better as a year-two coach, and I just think everything's trending up. They needed to get their defense better, right? And that's what they did this offseason. That, that was really the priority. And when I look at that pass rush, I, I mean, they just added Malik Jackson, who's really good. Like, the interior of that line is, is Andrew Billings, Malik Jackson. You've got Miles Garrett. I still think they're going to add another edge rusher. So I think that front four is going to be really good. We sort of turned Andrew Billings into to Warren Sapp here because after his opt-out year, but I think he's going to bring something to, to this defense. You know, corner two, add an edge rusher, and now all of a sudden you've really got something on defense, and that offense, 
is still really good. They brought everybody back. We talk about Tampa running it back. The Browns are kind of running it back too. And then they got better on the defensive side of the football. So I, I guess to me, it's just sort of a, you know, you're either going to take Buffalo, Baltimore, or the Browns here, in my opinion. Right. Is that fair to say? Mm-hmm. Yep. So I guess and, it's I, whichever, and I would take them both. Yeah. Right. It's whichever one you'd want to take there. Although mm-hmm. Ellis decided to take Indianapolis at number five. We don't, we don't need to revisit <laughs> that. But I, I guess, you know, part of this is predicting, and I do think the Browns are going to take that next step next season. I think we saw it in that Monday night game that they can hang with Baltimore. I, I think they're going to be a better football team. And, and here's the other question here. Do we all believe that the Browns are at worst a team that can get to the AFC championship game? Can get there, not necessarily a prediction, but like this is a team that can get to the AFC championship game. I shouldn't say at worst, but this is a team that can get to that game realistically. Definitely. hundred percent. They can get to that game. Sure. Okay. So then they belong in the top five or six for sure. All right, let's move on. Uh, who are we up to? That was Doug's pick, right? So Mary Kay, you actually would have picked the Browns here if Doug wouldn't have picked the Browns based on where you had them. So who are you going to take at number exactly. seven? Um, I'm going to put the bills here. I'm going to put the bills here uh, at, at number seven. Now they, they didn't do a lot of, of flashy stuff to, to get better in terms of adding people, they re-signed Matt Milano, their linebacker, but I I just, I like the team. I like their defense. I really like Josh Allen. And I think that might be part of, you know, part of why I'm putting them ahead of, of the Browns. It it might be the fact that I really like what the quarterback is able to do for Buffalo. I don't know. There's just something about him. Now, obviously he faltered when he got into the playoffs, but I, I just think he's, almost up there in he's climbing up to sort of an elite category and he's a dual threat quarterback. And I think that, I think that means something. And what we don't know yet is how, how teams are going to defend or try to break down. And that's why I think they need to take it up a notch. How thing, how teams are going to dig in there and try to defend the Kevin Stefanski offense and the Baker Mayfield game. We don't know that yet. And of course, there's a lot we don't know, but the second year, it'll, it'll be very telling to see what happens with that. So those are some of the reasons I put the bills first. All right. I'm going to throw a wrench into this here. I want your guys' opinions on this because I'm going to take Baltimore with my pick. So I'll, I'll just make that pick now. I'm going to take Baltimore eighth. Who had the better postseason in your mind between the three quarterbacks that just got picked? Baker, Lamar, and Josh Allen. That's a really good question. Lamar I mean, left one of those games early. Right. Lamar threw a pick six in the end zone. What if it would have been a touchdown pass? His team might have won. Right. So that was bad. And Baker threw a bad pick, made one bad throw against the Chiefs, but the Browns gave the Chiefs a better game than the Bills did. So I don't exactly remember everything Josh Allen did in that game. But the, and the Bills, what the Bills beat, the Bills played low scoring games, right? Like the Bills, they weren't lightening up with their offense in the playoffs, right? So. I think you could make an argument for Baker. He definitely had the best field position, at least in the wild round. <laughs> against, against Pittsburgh, he got a lot of help. And, I, you know, I do think it's worth noting he did have the football in his hands against Kansas City with a chance to take the lead in that game. But the Bills had like one touchdown drive in the first three quarters against the Chiefs, and it was two yards because the Kansas City guy dropped the punt on the goal line. So, like, yeah. if we're talking about, like, getting help, it's like Josh Allen didn't do anything until the Chiefs, like, handed him stuff. 
And then they, they were down four scores and they threw some garbage points in at the end. So it didn't look as bad. Yeah, but you can't compare. I don't think you really can compare a full game of Patrick Mahomes. He doesn't play defense. I'm, I'm just saying yeah. I, I, it, it matters. When, when Lamar Jackson came bounding in out of the locker room in Cleveland, that mattered. When Patrick Mahomes leaves a football game, that matters. It just, it does. It matters. It, it, that's the huge. Browns Especially were more competitive with the Chiefs while Mahomes was in the game. Right. The Bills the- sucked against the Chiefs. They were not competitive. They got handed a touchdown on the goal line. The Browns gave away a touchdown on the goal line because Higgins fumbled it out of the end zone. The Bills did not compete with the Chiefs, and the Browns were competing with the Chiefs, still hanging around before Mahomes went out. Well, the first half of a game doesn't really matter. It's how you end the game. I mean, they could have lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers because Ben Roethlisberger threw for 501 yards, and they had to, like, bite their nails to pull that out. So it doesn't matter how you start the game. I mean, that it matters how you finish the game. And I, I just don't know that you can make a comparison to the Bills versus the Chiefs when Pat left. So I just ask because, again, I, I think – I think the discussion here is between Cleveland, Buffalo, and Baltimore, right? These three teams we just picked. And I do think if, if we see the Baker Mayfield that we saw in the last – and he does not have the body of work that Lamar Jackson has as far as winning an MVP and how Lamar Jackson has played in his career. He doesn't have the body of work of what Josh Allen did last year. But if we see that Baker that we saw from Thanksgiving on and into the playoffs, I don't know that – I don't think we have to be scared to say like this guy belongs in the same sentence as these other quarterbacks and this team belongs in the same sentence as these other teams. So that's why I asked, cause we kind of took all those three teams together. Uh, I wanted to see what you guys all thought of that. All right, Scott, make our next pick for us. This would be what number nine. So you already took the Ravens in, right? So yeah. I guess I'm going to go with Tennessee. I mean, I think after the first, well, some of some other teams kind of got, thrown up there that maybe I wasn't prepared for. But at this point, I think we've reached the teams that – or we've gotten past all the teams that I think, at least for me, I felt really good about. And now it's maybe the second-tier group. Um, but I think the Titans are definitely there. And they lost some weapons on offense, lost their tight end, lost Corey Davis. But they got help on defense. They had a Bud Dupree. Um, and that, I think, was a bigger deal for them, obviously, is making sure they – found some answers on the defensive side. So they're the first of the best of the rest for me. I, I had them. And like I said, I had that contenders and then fringe contenders. I had Tennessee in that, in that fringe section. Mm-hmm. See, uh, perhaps this is a theme <laughs> where I am. We were about to move on, but Ellis couldn't let us. <laughs> no, no, perhaps this is a theme where I am um, ranking one team way too high and being way too hard on another. I had the Titans at 18th. I am fading Tennessee harder than I'm in on the Colts this year. I think Tennessee is going very much the wrong way. They have been desperate to figure out the password situation from Vic Beasley to Jadavion Clowney to now Bud Dupree. I think Bud Dupree will do fine. I I don't think he's a a solution. There's a lot of good data out there on him that he has the most unblocked pressures uh, playing in Pittsburgh with that stack defense that his ability to get after the quarterback was much more a product of cleanup and the players around him than it is his own physical ability. Again, not a knock on Bud Dupree. It's just going from a number, probably the third best front guy to the first changes your entire expectation as a defensive player. 
They lose Arthur Smith, the architect of unlocking Derrick Henry, reviving Ryan Tannehill. They lose Corey Davis to the Jets, replace him with Josh Reynolds. Those are two completely different wide receivers. And this is a team that lost guys in the secondary and then Malcolm Butler being one and they were paying those guys had the most expensive secondary a year ago because that wasn't working. So it's a team that do I believe in Mike Vrabel? Sure. Do I think Derrick Henry is the number one or two back in football? Probably, but there's too much there that screams regression rather than fringe contender for me. So am I being hard on them at 18 perhaps, but I wanted to make a point and I am so far out on Tennessee that they're below the, some, some, lower tier NFC teams and some AFC teams that I don't think we're showing enough love to yet. I agree on the Arthur Smith point, especially that that I think it is when you lose the offensive coordinator, he's the architect of something. I want to see it until you tell me, no, we filled it in and we're okay. And then you lose two of your three best pass catchers to free agency. And uh, I'm, I am 13th, but I, I agree with the general thoughts with Ellis on this. Ellis, who do you have at 10? Following my spreadsheet. I'm going to go with the New England Patriots. I think that this is a bet on Bill Belichick and a free agent market that I think that he read accurately. I've been saying that this edge rushing market is going to look suppressed once the cap jumps back up and these guys will start getting 18, 20 million again. They paid some receivers. They've got two legitimate tight ends now taking one from the Titans that I I didn't mention that Doug did in Jonu Smith. It's a team that is clearly got their pedal, the, their foot on the pedal and feel a lot of urgency, right? Bill Belichick's not getting any younger. He's 70. Robert Kraft is 78. There's no wiggle room here. There's no really time to wait. So that urgency mixed with their aggressiveness and free agency tells me that this is a team I need to take seriously. And for that, I'm going to put them 10. And who's their quarterback? As of right now, it is Cam Newton, who I'm not convinced has a Carson Wentz like bounce back you like that Doug are you I was gonna say the Patriots would kill for Carson Wentz at this point are you assuming rookie X drafted in the first round at 15 or a trade-up is their starting quarterback are you waiting for something else I think that they're gonna go with Cam Newton again for the early part of the season I think they add a rookie I don't know who it is I don't know what a a trade-up looks like Todd McShay's most recent recent mock this morning has Justin Fields going 11 in a trade-up situation. I love that for them. But I think that they can get enough out of Cam Newton to stay. I mean, this team went 7-9 and nine last year. They had the most opt-outs in the league. It, it, this is much more of a Bill Belichick bet than it is quarterback. And uh, the fact that they, again, are paid so much in free agency that I think they're going to be able to – they've never really invested – at that spot aside from Tom Brady, of course. And when they did, they were getting it wrong anyway. And they had guys like Jimmy Garoppolo or Jacoby Brissett come in and win football games. So I, I think that the infrastructure there can make up for the, the, the looming question mark at quarterback. 10's too high when you don't know who the quarterback is. I had him 18. And I think their free agency stuff is reeks more of desperation than smart Bill Belichick maneuvering. I agree that they're old and they're trying to grasp onto one last thing. I think they just you know, whatever, grab this guy, grab that guy. Cause we got to try something. So I think the point that they were seven and nine with not good quarterback play, and they did have more opt-outs than anybody. I, I do get that. I just think there's a bunch of good quarterbacks that I ranked ahead of them. I had them 17th. And I think there's a lot of good data out there that, that 
shows those who spend the most in free agency do not end up getting more wins out of it. They're one of the teams I'm most interested in. I mean, they were doing this big personnel stuff before it was cool. And now they're back to it with the, the multiple tight ends and Scott right up your alley. They love coverage over, over pass rush. They like to generate pass rush, getting a bunch of guys back. It's just that quarterback position, uh, but they have, you know, Bill Belichick, they have one of the best offensive coordinators in football. I want to see what they do. I'm just not sure what they're going to be. I had them kind of low too, because I mean, it's just kind of hard to believe uh, that they're going to be able to rebound and, and just put this thing back together life after Tom Brady and all the stuff that they did this off season. But, you know, once again, you just can never really count out Bill Belichick. You know, he's got, he probably has something up his sleeve and if they get good quarterback play, I think they can be really good. So this is an X factor team. And I don't mind where you put them at all, Ellis. I mean, if they get, if, if he's got something uh, cooking at quarterback, they, they can be a really, really good football team. I, I do think the one thing we need to note with Cam Newton, and it is important, and I don't know, I, I thought maybe Cam was done in Carolina, so he just might be done. But it is important to note that he did get COVID last year and he did miss games because of it. Mm-hmm. And we don't know if that affected him as, as that season went along. Yeah, and I think it's a huge deal. And I just want to say, listeners, when the Colts and the Patriots are battling for the number two <laughs> seed after Thanksgiving, you know, you're, know you heard it from El Will here first. <laughs> I'll get a I'm gonna get a an interwoven tattoo of Bill Belichick and Carson Wentz like ballroom dancing with each other if that happens. <laughs> All right, Doug's getting tattoos. Ellis Williams is uh referring to himself in the third person, so we need to take a break here. <laughs> podcast. Our top ten here is Tampa, Kansas City, the Rams, Green Bay, Indianapolis, the Browns, Buffalo, Baltimore, Tennessee and New England. We'll be right back to finish this thing off with the rest of the league. We're going to pick up the pace uh, after the break. Back on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast, we are power ranking the entire NFL. We are only through 10 teams, so we're going to pick things up here a little bit, and we're going to kind of go in groups of five. So, Doug, you are up now with number 11. I think a lot of people like this team. They were the most injury-ravaged team in the league last year. That football outsiders metric I mentioned before, by far this team lost the most guys last year. Nick Bosa, Jimmy Garoppolo, George Kittle, D. Ford, Richard Sherman. I think they are much closer to the team that made the Super Bowl two years ago than the 6-10 and 10 team last year, and they made an aggressive trade-up for number three. They have a quarterback plan. It still feels like maybe it is Jimmy Garoppolo still this year, but maybe it's the rookie. I don't know. I think they're going to be good. It was the year from hell for them last year. I had San Francisco seventh on my list. I am very happy to take them here at 11. Mary Kay, who's 12? This almost feels a little too high here. Uh, Maybe, maybe not. But once again, when you've got a quarterback like Russell Wilson, anything can happen. Seahawks here. Run on NFC West teams. I don't think that's too high, Mary Kay. I think that's good. Another NFC West team that I had ahead of both of them, a team that is on the Browns schedule, and I'm going to bet on the Arizona Cardinals. Some of the veterans they added, like I'm not, I don't know if AJ Green's going to be able to play a bunch of games for him or be good. I don't know if JJ Watt's going to be healthy all year, but I do think a healthy Kyler Murray, I think another year in that and with Cliff Kingsbury, hopefully he'll, he's learning from some of those mistakes. We've seen head coaches before who have had clock management issues, Andy Reid. And, and have made mistakes like that get better over their careers. I'm going to bet on the Arizona Cardinals right here, although there is a, an AFC team that I thought about maybe taking here as well, but I'm going to take the Arizona Cardinals at number 13. 
Well, I get to pick my 10th place team here. I'm going with the Saints, and I know they lost a quarterback who's pretty good, uh, but uh, I came across a pretty interesting stat. They were 8-1 and one over the past two seasons without Drew Brees uh, in the lineup, so I have a feeling they're going to figure things out. They have a really good team coming back. I mean, nobody of note uh, was lost other than Brees, so that's what we're going with. Mm-hmm. Owen Hendrickson. Mm-hmm. I guess that was of note, but still, I think they're a good team coming back. The, the Jameis Winston experiment. Excited to see it. Ellis, number 15. This is way too low. Give me the Miami Dolphins. Fighting for a playoff spot. That's who I almost took. Yep, yep. Fighting for a playoff spot a year ago. They've got a zillion draft picks for a team. I mean, we talk about the Browns not needing to make a pick at 26, or they can just sit back and take whoever's there. The Dolphins are pretty set and are are picking, what, six now? So this team is uh, built for now, built for the future. If they're this low, Right now, they won't be this low a year from now when we do this again. Our 11 through 15 is San Francisco, Seattle, Arizona, New Orleans, and Miami. I'm kind of with you, Ellis. I feel like we maybe slotted Miami a little bit too low, mm-hmm. but it's tough. We got to find a yeah. spot for everybody. Yeah. Does, every, does everybody believe in Tua? That's I, I put I put them at 11. I and I I I guess I believe in him, but I definitely believe in the program. Uh, I believe in Brian Flores and what they're doing down there and the defense. I just think they're a really good team. So I put them at 11. Yeah. They've got to find an offensive system for them. I mean, if Kirk cousins and Ryan Tannehill and Baker Mayfield can be the types of quarterback they are in the, in that type of system, then Tua has enough traits to, to be, you know, above average and, and, and not have to carry a team when you have that much talent around you. Hey, it's Dan. We're going to take a quick break and I'm going to tell you about Football Insider, where you can subscribe to get exclusive access to stories on cleveland.com slash Browns. You also get a newsletter every single day with exclusive content that's written by Mary Kay, Scott, Ellis, or me. It goes right to your inbox. That stuff doesn't show up anyplace else on the site. You get that every single day, including on the weekends in your inbox. That's just for our Football Insider subscribers. And then there's our texting, where Mary Kay, Scott, Ellis, and I will text you throughout the day with news and analysis. We do Q&As. We answer questions. We have opportunities to come on the podcast and make picks. We do roundtables, all sorts of fun things with our texters, and we're going to start putting together some stuff for you to enjoy here in the offseason. So all you need to do is go to cleveland.com slash browns. There's a big blue banner at the top of the page. Click on that banner, get all the information you need, get yourself signed up, and get Get yourself access to all of that exclusive content that we have available only for our Football Insider subscribers. All right, let's keep it moving. Doug, number 16. I actually have another team ahead of these guys, but I'm, I'm going to switch it up and, and take this team. I had them 12th on my list overall. I know that's high, but I'm believing in a young quarterback and a new coach and a pretty decent defense that's getting a big-time player back. They underachieved last year. I think they might be ready to pop, and I'm taking the L.A. Chargers at this spot. With uh, They have a couple defensive stars. They're getting Derwin James back. Joey Bose is a stud. I, I think they underachieved with Anthony Lynn. They lost a lot of games late. And, I, and if Justin Herbert, I believe in just – I mean, everybody does. Nobody would take Tua ahead of Justin Herbert right now. But if you think Justin Herbert is ready for like a year two leap, like a, I'm one of the five best quarterbacks in the league kind of leap, I, th- I think they might be ready to go. So I had him 12th and I'll take him a 16th. That's good value. If we're just judging drafts, that's, that's good value. Mm-hmm. Getting yeah. the LA Chargers in that spot. All right, Mary Kay, number 17. Uh, I'm going to go 
uh, Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys here. I'm always very quarterback centric, as you guys know. And if he comes back healthy, he was, I mean, he was amazing last year in that game. I mean, against even the Browns, he's, he's unbelievable. They need a defense, my goodness. But I, I just think this is a good spot for him. Okay, so then I will go here at number 18. This is tough. There's a lot of teams I like here. And it kind of pains me to take this team because it means I have to take a quarterback who isn't, you know, I've been hard on the guy, even though he's put up big numbers. I'm going to take the Atlanta Falcons here. I like their offense. They have a really high draft pick. What if they take Kyle Pitts? You know, like all of a sudden that offense is so much better. You know, we talked about Arthur Smith earlier and, and kind of what he can do as an offensive coordinator. So he's taking over there. Don't know what he can be as a head coach. That's the risk here, right? But I think if Atlanta can play even just a little bit of defense, this is a team that's always kind of right there. So I'm going to take the Falcons in this spot. I might write a story with a headline that says why the Browns should trade three first round picks to move up to select Kyle Pitts. We'll see how that workshops itself, but (laughs) he is the type of athlete that plugged in next to Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones with Matt Ryan. It it is an interesting situation there in Atlanta, say the least, and they're gaining Arthur Smith as we talked about Tennessee losing him. I I like the spot, Dan. All right, Scott, you're up. Uh, let's go with the Steelers. Here it is. The land of uncertainty. I mean, look, we don't know what we're going to see from Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, there, I got offensive line issues. They lost some people on defense. But this is also the Steelers. This is a team that just finds a way. I think there's – you have to put a lot of stock in coaching and, and preparation with this team. And, and look what they did when they didn't have Roethlisberger. So no matter what you get out of him this season, I think they'll get the most (laughs) out of him, which is probably similar to what happened last season. So I'm putting the Steelers here. Is this the right range for Pittsburgh? I had them on my list kind of around this range too. They were one of the teams I was thinking about. Is this the right range for the Steelers? I had them 17. I think it's, I think it's the exact right range. I would love to hear an argument for why they would be in the top half, why they'd be, you know, one through 16. I don't know what it would be. Yeah, I have a, I have them nineteenth. I, I I can't make it either. Uh, it's an infrastructure pick if you if you do have them any higher, which I'm known to make, but not here. <laughs> I think it all comes down to Big Ben and what he's able to do this year. I think it all comes down to if if he's got it left. I mean, they still have a good receiving core. If they can run the ball, and they always have a good defense. So, and they they want to have a lot of games last year. And I think we are all we all think about that last game where the Browns kick their butts and at least I didn't swear this time that game got away from them and there were other games where they just looked horrible but I think that's in part because they just didn't know what to do with the older Ben maybe Matt Canada their new offensive coordinator will be able to figure out what to do with the new Ben I mean the old Ben you know and the aging Ben you have to support him with a run game you absolutely have to if they do that then they might be a little bit more dangerous than we think that defense is still there. You still have guys on that defense and you're getting, uh, you know, you're getting a couple guys back. You did lose Bud Dupree. So that, I mean, that defense was good enough to kind of carry them to 500 a couple years ago. I just, whatever. I made my thoughts on the Steelers clear. (laughs) (laughs) So that gives us a 16 through 20 of the LA chargers, the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, Ellis, no, you haven't made your pick yet. Oh, you did. Oh, snap. I'll make it easy. Let's go with the Minnesota Vikings. I can, 
I can keep it short. The Vikings invested on the defensive line this free agency. Uh, Dalvin Thompson from New York, they're going to get Daniel Hunter back, uh, assuming that trade doesn't work out. And I, they're loaded on offense still with Dalvin Cook, uh, Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson. Mm-hmm. Strange year last year. I think they bounce back and compete for a wild card spot, but no one wants to hear me talk about the Vikings and the NFC. So <laughs> I digress. Mm-hmm. Well, Mike, my, my, I had trouble placing the Vikings because my thought was, you know, is there a chance the Vikings could just be good? Yeah. Like it's entirely possible. The Vikings could just be a good football team next year. Okay, so now here is our 16 through 20. It's the LA Chargers, Dallas Cowboys, Atlanta Falcons, Pittsburgh Steelers, and Minnesota Vikings. So we move now to number 21. Doug, you are up. I'm getting great value here again. I'm getting great value on my late round picks here. This is a playoff team, and they were a playoff team last year. They might have the best defense in the league, and they figured out quarterback. And it's the Washington football team. They were so hamstrung by the whole Alex Smith, Dwayne Haskins, Tyler Taylor, Toby, Henneke thing. And they got Fitz, man. They got Fitz magic. I think this is like a great spot for Ryan Fitzpatrick because he's definitely better than what they had last year. They've got some dudes on offense too, like Ron Rivera settling in. Like, I, th- I think this is a team that has a chance to make a leap. They, Ryan Fitzpatrick doesn't have to be awesome. He doesn't have to be competent. And they were not competent at quarterback for much of last year, and they still won the division. I know the division stunk. I think this might be a 10-win team. And so to get them, I had them, I still only had them 16th, but the fact that they're here at 21, and I, I think I might have had them low at 16. So I feel very good about this. This year's 10-win team is last year's 9-win team. You know mm-hmm. that, right? Yeah, that's why I said it. I'll still lose seven, but that could be a 10 win team. Okay. <laughs> All right, Mary Kay. They kind of fell apart at the end there, but for a while there, uh, this team uh, looked like they might make the postseason. And then they just kind of fell apart a little bit, in part because they had a very, very difficult schedule down the stretch. The Las Vegas Raiders and Derek Carr at number 22. Yeah, they were a team that looked like they could beat anybody for a while, and then they just didn't, you know. And that the the game with the games with the Chiefs had a lot to do with that. But yeah, that was right. kind of a just you weren't sure what you were going to get. Right. Oh boy, there's so many teams. There's so many teams that I just don't care about here. <laughs> yeah, we've we reached we've reached the borderline here in this draft. <laughs> no more comments. Name the team. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to take a risk. I'm going to bank on the defensive side of the ball. And then somehow, somehow managing to figure out who's going to play quarterback for them, a guy not named Drew Locke. I'm going to take the Denver Broncos here. I said this on a podcast, I think a couple days ago. I don't know if Vic Fangio is a good head coach or not. He's a great defensive coordinator. Maybe they'll finally get quarterback figured out. Maybe they'll pick a guy. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do at quarterback. We can say that about a million teams here. Who am I going to take though? Andy Dalton, Daniel Jones, Carolina, So I'm going to take the Denver Broncos here. I I love Denver. Jerry Judy is the truth. Noah Fant is a freak at tight end. They get Kyle Fuller from the Bears, retain Justin Simmons. Quarterback is their only question mark. They're bringing Von Miller back. I hope they figure out quarterback because I I think this team is a uh, ticking time bomb in in a good way. Oh, boy. Uh, Give me the Giants. I mean, it's really just putting a bunch of names in a hat here at this point. I think Mm – 
they got a receiver, which maybe that helps uh, the quarterback situation. Yeah, yeah Barkley, uh, you presume, coming back healthy. So, yeah, let's go with the Giants here. Why not? Ellis? And they, and they did have a good defense last season. So, Yeah, they did. That pass rush is really good. Mm-hmm. Ellis, go ahead. Like the Giants, defensive coordinator Patrick Graham, a name to watch uh, in the next year's head coaching cycle. I think that Carolina Panthers offensive coordinator Joe Brady is another guy on that same list. So I'm taking the Panthers here. They're going to lose Brady eventually. And the fact that I'm framing this pick around an offensive coordinator, uh, I think says a lot of why I think Tennessee regresses. He is building something on that offense side of the ball that I think is special. They've retained their weapons in Robbie Anderson, uh, DJ Moore. They're going to get Christian McCaffrey back. Teddy Bridgewater works, but they're a team that I expect to be aggressive, whether it's in the draft or the trade market, if things clear up with a certain quarterback in Houston, but who knows how that plays out regardless. Again, an infrastructure pick. I like Matt rule. I like I like Joe Brady and I like what they did in that first year. I think they make a really impressive jump in year two. All right. So 21 through 25 is Washington, Las Vegas, Denver, the New York giants and Carolina. And I'm really glad that I'm not going to have to make one of these extra two picks at the end because I'm looking at my list and it's, it's getting shaky. Doug, <laughs> you have more value here. I don't like this value as much, but I'll take the Bengals. I think mm-hmm. if, if Joe Burrow had been healthy all of last year, we take- might have a different perspective on them. Again, I don't like the Trey Hendrickson thing, but I think they're going to get a, they're going to either get him a tackle or a weapon for the offense with their, with their high first round pick. They got to get the offensive line figured out a little bit, but if you like Burrow, I think to say that he's going to quarterback the 26th best team in the league isn't too much to ask. I could have a 45-minute podcast about is Zach Taylor the guy for the Bengals, and if they don't start like four and two, how hot that seat gets, and then we're talking Joe Brady coming over eventually and reuniting with Joe Burrow. You see how my mind races here, but – I'll stop. I, I love Joe Burrow. I love the Bengals. I'm just not sure again about the head coach and the infrastructure in Cincinnati. And that's my concern. I mean, watch them take Jamar chase yeah. and then let maybe Zach Taylor is their Freddie kitchens and Joe Brady is their Kevin Stefanski. And they get this figured out in 22, but I think with Burrow's healthy, they'll at least move forward a little bit this year. Couldn't agree more. I would have taken the Bengals if, if Doug didn't take them. I was kind of hoping that he didn't. So uh, I am going to move to the Chicago Bears. They, I mean, they went eight and eight last season. They're going to have a presumably better quarterback situation this year. Their then, quarterback that started that playoff game is now backing up Josh Allen and Buffalo. It's a crazy league. I know. <laughs> and they've got a good defense. So yeah. Chicago, 27. I was hoping you weren't going to take the Bears because I kind of I wanted to take the Bears. <laughs> Andy Dalton's fine. Yeah, he's fine. He'll win them some games. He'll lose them some whatever. Yes, right. who he is. Okay, so now I've got to pick. Oh man, this is <laughs> tough. Give me the New York Jets and Zach Wilson. You can have them. I don't know why, <laughs> but just give me the New York Jets and Zach. I'd, I guess if if I had to watch any of these teams play next year. I guess I'd rather watch the New York Jets and, and Zach Wilson than, than what's left on my plate here. It was either going to be the Jets or Jacksonville. So that's where I'm going there. Scott? Well, just so everybody's clear, here's what I got to pick from. Uh, the Eagles, Jaguars, Lions, and Texans. <laughs> that's like a murderer's row right there. I think I'll take the Eagles. I, we've seen Jalen Hurts play, I guess. Um, 
We're not sure what the Jaguars are going to be. You, the, the Lions, um, man, their coach is talking about kneecapping people. And then the Texans are just a mess. So I, give me the Eagles. You got to anticipate that Philadelphia is going to get that post Carson Wentz bounce addition by subtraction. I mean, that's just worth a couple wins just to get that guy out of the locker room. Somehow I'm going to let Doug have the last word on Carson Wentz. I thought I got it <laughs> 10 minutes ago. <laughs> We're scoring at home. We went an hour between Carson Wentz discussions. <laughs> Ellis, go ahead. Um, I'll take the Jaguars. It, they're going to have the number one pick. Quarterback changes everything. I think DJ Chark uh, is a guy who now with the quarterback can make some plays. Uh, they signed Shaquille Griffin and free agency. They're going to want to play some more press man than he ever did in Seattle. I, we'll see how that works out. It, it, it's a team that... Y- can't go anywhere but up and for that upside and where we're at i'll take jacksonville i don't know if i love what jacksonville's done in the offseason it felt a little scattered to me a little bit like they're just kind of grabbing guys kind of like i feel like new england did urban myers this first time going through this um they had a lot they had a lot of money they had like more cap room than anybody and i don't i don't know exactly what the plan was but trevor lawrence is going to be good so i think i would take a jacksonville hood too okay so here we go our last two detroit and houston doug I mean, this Deshaun Watson off-field situation with the accusations is something. And, you know, there's a real-world discussion there. There's a football discussion there. He has this going on. He doesn't want to be there. I don't know that there's anybody to trust with that team right now. But I also don't really like the Detroit kneecap team coach guy. So, like, I don't really want to pick either of them, and I don't really like Jared Goff. And I know they're just going to play golf and see what happens and probably try to stink and get a pick for later. So, I don't know. I had Detroit 31 and Houston 32, so I guess I'll stick to my list and I'll take Detroit. But I think they're going to be terrible. Mary Kay, is that how you would have ordered them? Uh, Yes. As a matter of fact, I wrote uh, Lions in before Doug said it because I kind of thought he would put them there. So. Texans it is at 32. My, my last team was the Texans. I had Texans 32, Lions 31. I think what's fascinating about this spot is both these quarterbacks are paid top three guys. I mean, once Deshaun Watson's contract kicks in, he'll be 40 annually. And Jared Goff's been making 30 plus a year for a, a year or two now. And Doug's been on it early. We shows that just because you, you pay the quarterback doesn't mean you have anything else figured out. Cautionary tale. <laughs> Mary Kay's been on it too. There's two sides of this in there. Here we go. We got another hour. We got another hour, got another hour of this podcast coming up. I, I had Detroit and Houston as my last two. Is that who you had, Scott? Yeah, yeah. There we go. We did it. We power ranked the entire league. Uh, real quickly, I'm going to give everybody the recap. Starting at the top, it went Tampa Bay one, Kansas City two, the Rams three, the Packers four, the Colts five. Then the next five were Cleveland, Buffalo, Baltimore, Tennessee, and New England. San Francisco, Seattle, Arizona, New Orleans, and Miami were 11 through 15, 16 through 20. The Chargers, Dallas, Atlanta, Pittsburgh, and Minnesota, 21 through 25. Washington, Las Vegas, Denver, the Giants, and Carolina. Then the bottom of the league, starting at 26, Cincinnati, Chicago, the Jets, the Eagles, the Jaguars, the Lions, and the Houston Texans. Okay, that'll do it for this roundtable edition of the podcast. 
Football Insider. Uh, if you want an exclusive newsletter, exclusive content, get involved in texting, go to cleveland.com slash Browns. It's the blue banner at the top of the page. And of course, make sure you subscribe to our podcast five days a week, wherever you listen to your podcast. For Mary Kay, Doug, Scott, and Ellis, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs>